Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Baka 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 Podcast. It's amazing how every time you open your mouth, you prove you're an idiot. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Baka Baka Baka. We are an anime podcast. Every two weeks, we watch an anime. We talk about it on this podcast. We turn the discussion over to you in our comment section. We like to pretend we're a book club. We are not because we watch TV. We watch some great animes. We watch some bad animes, and we'll soon discuss what this one was that we, it's in our subject title bar. <laughs> but first, let me introduce our co-host. We have the James Bond to my Lechefe, Jeremy. Lechefe. Lechefe. So, he would be Matt Mickelson from Casino Royale. Okay. It's been so long. <laughs> I don't remember AKA very well. the guy who hit James Bond in the balls with a rope. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. okay that's entertaining. Okay. Can I be the claw to your... You don't get to gadget? decide... You be quiet. <laughs> what about the what about the the guy with the teeth? I always remember the guy with the teeth and the guy with the hat. Jaws. Yeah, that job. would you know that makes sense. <laughs> Names that are so clear Od- and easy Odd to job. remember. <laughs> uh, uh, by the way, Oddjob was the cheat character in Goldeneye. I do remember that people would run around as him and throw mines on the wall and His stuff. His character and... was slightly shorter than everybody yeah. else. It was harder to hit in the head. Yeah, yeah, I remember. It. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, doing pretty good. Just finished a major move of everything over. Haven't had time to do much of anything other than moving. So you can see but, the Home Depot box in the background. Guys, <laughs> a big baka baka baka. Congratulations to Jeremy. He got his home. Woo! Yes. yes. And got his internet hooked up in time to still be on the podcast. Right. I, I thought that he was going right. to take the week off. And I, oh, oh, man, he that showed up right. like he's committed. I am. I'm not going to miss one if I can at all help it. I actually got the internet hooked up. Um, actually got my computer set up and tested yesterday. So <laughs> it tested this morning. Yeah. I wouldn't. Have I'm a little tired. <laughs> all right. Here. We also have the Theon Greyjoy to my Ramsey Bolton. Jason. Okay. Why, I know both of those. I, I don't. <laughs> oh, you're missing a certain, uh, certain special part. Let's just say both these characters <laughs> tortured both these characters. Yeah. One got hit in the balls. One lost. Uh, Rochambeau style? Uh, like, let's have sausage for dinner. <laughs> oh, yep. Not great. No, not no. good for you. No, uh, but, but how are you doing? <laughs> so much better now. <laughs> um, yeah, we, uh, I dove back into Dauntless. And uh, having a blast with that. Uh, and for those who don't know, it's uh, Monster Hunter Light is basically what it is. It's a lot less time actually researching and more smashy smash of monsters. And and, and free to play. I think that's and free to play. Which <laughs> I did buy the uh, the hunt pass because such a whale. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. It was on sale. And it has some cool stuff. So and they're I- always on sale. <laughs> There's no regular price with these things. So has it given you a satisfactory advantage? I mean, for what you paid, you think you got your money's worth? Because uh, I know we played quite a bit free. There's one time mechanic that is completely optional um, mm. that did help. Uh, past that is like a bunch of cosmetics and mm. um, like 
in-game stuff for crafting the potions that it, it really didn't help that much. But um, <laughs> I, I, for for games I do free to play that I invest a lot of time into and I feel is a decent um, value, I will kick money to them uh, just out of support. Right? Said the whale. <laughs> my name is Troy. <laughs> And uh, I actually started that uh, Amazon show, Good Omens. Uh, it's been really good. I'm only about halfway through it, though, but it's been pretty funny. It kind of gives me, it's not as silly, but it gives me um, uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy vibes with that British humor and the way they kind of mm. view apocalypse and, and stuff. Oh, this is the one where you have the angel and the, and the devil? Yeah, the and angel and the demon, demon are trying yeah. to hide the antichrist so that the world won't end because they <laughs> they enjoy their time on earth too much <laughs> i heard they're not going to continue that show Is well that right? it's based off a book that's only so long so there's no oh okay there's no room for it's, a sequel. it's it just goes until they fail and the world ends right i think i don't know i'm only three episodes in they're not <laughs> doing so well so far it's 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 pretty entertaining though how, how much they suck at their jobs <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, now we have to talk about this anime. This Speaking anime, of suck, whose name <laughs> is Magical Girl Spec Ops Oscar, mm. which is the first problem is I read it as Asuka, but they called her Oscar in the anime. So even last time we had an episode, I pronounced it wrong. Off to a great start, anime. <laughs> Uh, all right, so Jeremy picked the no, J- Jason. No, picked don't it. you put this on me? I was not going to correct you. Jason picked this, so I'm going to have him start. We're going to do our non-spoiler reviews. Jason, this anime that you chose, how did you feel about it? <laughs> Got to rub that in. Uh, right. So I watched a couple of reviews and I saw the score on it, and I the synopsis hooked me because it had such an interesting idea behind it and I did not like it. It was uh, it was everything that I don't like in this kind of anime. Jeremy, how about you? Um, yeah, I, I saw a lot of potential. There were even a couple of moments where the story seemed like it was going to take off and go somewhere interesting. But there was a really bad collision of um, of moments where the comedy just didn't fit the melodrama and the the serious tone and setting that it was it was trying to establish it just undermined for itself. Um, I remembered that there was a, a long time ago. I it was Orson Scott Card, yeah, and he was talking to um, I don't know somebody who was going to fund his next book or something and. He had an idea and he wanted to go with this idea, but it was very complex and he hadn't had a lot of experience yet. And the the person that he was speaking to told him, you need to just try other things. Don't don't write this. Hang on to it. Come back to it when you're ready. And I think that's what this is. Um, I think that this anime has a great potential, but the the writing just isn't experienced enough or maybe Maybe I'm being too generous. Maybe it's that the, the writing has a, a, not a great intention. <laughs> um, and yeah. that, that comes through. Like it doesn't necessarily want to tell a story that's so melodramatic and serious, but maybe wants to be a little bit smutty. Um, 
So I don't know. <laughs> Not great. And, and I think it leans more towards that just from the outset of how the characters are drawn. Yeah, I agree. In a not as nice of way, I watched this and felt like a 13 year old who thinks he's very deep and very mature wrote his concept of a dark magical girl anime. And that's what we got. Like there's gore in it. That's gratuitous and non plot serving. There's uh, yep. sexuality. That's the very much the same. There's drama. That's very much the same. Like there's so many things that are just there to be there from what I saw. Check all the boxes. Um, yeah. There was there. There's definitely some cool ideas in it. Um, you know, magical girl and you know, post war and post battle, but also like becoming the next level of weaponry in the world. Cool ideas and some cool visuals. Like there, there was some creatures. I was like, that's legitimately scary looking. Some body horror that I, there, there is actually this really intense scene. I was like, this is really cool. And then they. They went even farther and ruined it. And we'll get to that. So, like I said, if you like this, I'm not trying to insult anyone. I just, as I was watching, I'm like, this is what I would have written at 13 year old thinking I was really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Like, I love seeing big boobs and, and, and when people get their arms cut off, that's really cool too. So I'm going to have it both in this one scene. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the, that's the experience thing I was trying to describe, but that, that's a perfect description for it. Yeah. But we, and we, we didn't know, but we should have given this very much a mature content warning. Yes. Very much so. Yeah. Um, I think, I think the idea that I was hoping to see was actually laid out in one of the later scenes, uh, where one of the soldiers, he comments, you know, it's a pretty crappy situation that I'm the soldier but I'm letting these children fight for me. Like mm-hmm. that, that tell that story. And we didn't get it. So. Yeah. I would have even enjoyed the story before, like when there were nine of them before they became five, I would have enjoyed that. It would have been like Claymore. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> Claymore is one of the things my brain went to like this could Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, opening and closing songs. What'd you guys think? I like the opening. Um, it was, it, 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 again, it was the tone of the anime I was hoping to watch and didn't get. Um, and the ending was pretty forgettable for me. I'm in the same boat. I really don't remember the ending this time. I'm trying to remember. Yeah. Now. Uh, the op- opening was fine. I, I don't think I even skipped either of them. I think I skipped over the ending a couple of times trying to see if there was another scene. The ending was so bad. I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. It's almost okay. as bad as lines like, she's so sad she went insane. Don't, don't, make, don't make it. We, we'll get there. That's All like Padme right. saying she's so sad she died. She's so sad she died. The real medical condition. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. broken, broken heart syndrome. That's true. It's That's an actual true. diagnosis. BHF. No, that's I take it back. Okay. Um, let's go into our spoiler section and really tear this thing anew. So, uh, by the way, if you, if you really like this, we're probably not going to be nice to it. I, I, this is as close <laughs> I've ever been to being offended. And I'm usually the guy who's like, you know, but everything has value and maybe this just isn't us. And that's how we try to look at things. And when I watched this, I was, I was pretty upset. Yeah. I was mad. I got finished the last episode and I was mad. And then I redid our notes for tonight. 
for recording. And I got mad again. So good luck to us. <laughs> Here we go. Spoiler <laughs> section. Uh, we start the anime with a giant cuddly caterpillar looking thing attacking the city. And we meet our main character, Asuka, who then transforms into a magical girl to fight it. This is a flash forward into the anime. Cause this is also at the ending scene. Or does she just fight another caterpillar in the same spot? It's not clear. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so this is a good time <laughs> to talk about our main character, Asuka. What'd you guys think of her? She's our magical girl, kind of got promoted to leader due to everyone else dying in the war. Now has, you know, I'm retired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, God, I wish I had re, re remembered what she said exactly, but it was something like, um, I've, I've done so much fighting in middle school. I've done enough fighting in middle school for my entire lifetime or something like that. And I remember hearing that. I had to write it down because it was so bad. So, so what do you guys think of her? She was okay as a main character protagonist. Um, and actually, a lot of the actions and decisions she made kind of made sense for the moment. Like... Strung together in a story, it's very incoherent. But like in that moment, um, of every moment, it felt semi believable. And she was actually one of the few characters that kind of you could kind of go along with in this story. But, um, past that, she was a little too stoic, just like, yeah, yeah, for grumpy sake. (laughs) Exactly. Um, I kind of found her to be a little bit. Uh, boring and confusing sometimes just in the way that that she has her story would unfold it started with her being very competent but like you say grumpy and stoic and everything but not wanting to participate and then you start to find out oh no she's the leader she's she's the leader and then you're like wait no she's not the leader she's she's kind of had to be the leader but doesn't want to be like what is she who's actually helping her when she goes into her PTSD moments, you know, that don't last very long. And so a- as a character, she-, she was interesting, but kind of not really interesting. That's not the right word. She was kind of bland, but she was present. <laughs> like, I don't know. I was, I was really bored with her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, bland is probably the word that came to my mind the most. I kept trying to be like, yep. okay, but, but what's her arc? What is she trying to learn here? Like, she she doesn't feel like she can have friends. No, she's she's pretty cool with friends, like pretty off the bat. She's like, yeah, let's be friends. And then I need to protect my friends. I, I don't understand what she had to like overcome in the final episodes. And maybe, yeah, it was saving it for later. Accepting that she was a magic girl weapon for the military. See, and that's the part, the part that I have the hardest time understanding because like you'd think that in the big war that took place three years ago, she would have understood that she was a weapon for the military to protect humanity. You know, she, her truth was, is that her fighting was always going to hurt the people around her. True. Yeah. Like the way that a hero will try to hide their identity to protect which, their loved ones. Which is nonsensical because in mm-hmm. every situation, every time she decides she's not going to fight, people get hurt. But how does yeah. that make like like if her truth is like I need to accept that I'm just a weapon, that's a horrible theme no, to run on. No, she 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 accepts that she's dangerous, but 
her again, I think her truth is when I fight, the people I get, the people I care about get hurt. That's her truth. That's what she needs to accept to reach her actualization. Yeah, because she she finally overcomes that truth and joins back up with M with, with the M unit. Does she does she overcome the truth or the lie? Yeah, you uh, don't over, you don't I, overcome the truth. You overcome your lie to get to the truth. Well, that is her lie. Okay, so okay. 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 lie. The okay. lie is that she, if she fights, she uh, the people around her get hurt. Yes. So her that truth was her fighting is the only way to keep people safe. Correct. Yep. Yeah. Especially those she cares about. I, I think it, it, it does make sense. Like looking back at it now, like it does make sense in a, in a sort of like the pieces are there. They just don't really fit together very well. Like you can mash them together. They, they like the piece of the simple fact that like, why does she have that lie? Well, we are provided that when we get the scene of her history and that people close to her did die. Um, and so you could see how that would undermine her and be like, I can't protect anybody because I can't protect those closest to me. I can see how the lie would develop. Um, but it just it doesn't seem to have a nice, coherent arc. It seems to be a very clumsy arc. It was reinforced with both of her high school. Like, you know, in the war, she lost you know five of her comrades. One of them mm. died in her arms. But then it was reinforced when both of her classmates ended up having terrific situations happen to them. Mm. And she's like, look, every time I'm in battle, my friends get hurt. Um, unfortunately, she doesn't realize, well, uh, anyways, uh, that if she wasn't there, her friends would have died. Yeah, because they were getting in trouble without her being present. And often, right. like, it had nothing to do with her whatsoever. Like, it was just the place and time they were unlucky. I guess a lot, I lot of depth you. there, Troy. Yeah, I guess I guess I believe you. I, you don't like okay. it. Uh, <laughs> I don't care enough to argue it. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Troy gets a turn. Um. So this anime, uh, we kind of get some history. There was basically an invasion by what looks like teddy bears, basically uh, magical death monsters that came into Earth, and so. Oh. In a spirit realm, creatures came to help us. And they're like, hey, we can teach you how to make magic girls. And so we did, and we fought a giant war. Um, we get a flashback to that war where the five of the original 11 are left. Nine. nine. Was it nine? Yeah. So only four died? Nine, nine, nine. Yeah, <laughs> nine. Only four okay. died. So we see the five that are left, and they have to face the queen of the Desos. They're called Desos, these monsters um I, interesting in the dub it was the queen in in the sub i could sworn it was the king yeah they called the lava monster a queen many times queen. yeah they called him a king in the sub oh. i swear yeah so then they go to fight it and then we jump three years ahead so the war has ended they won the battle um and now asuka is just a transfer student at a regular school and while she's there uh we're introduced to to other characters who are just normal high school girls who may or may not be super attracted to Asuka because, but every girl in this anime is super attracted to Asuka for some reason. Um, and that, yes. Does. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, um, a Yuri harem basically. Like, I don't think yeah. it quite crosses into Yuri, but it's trying. 
Uh, so these characters are Sayoko and knows me. So what did you guys think of them? And yes, I am pairing them together because they almost have every scene together. Knows <laughs> me um, was super irritating. Um, and the other girl was irritating as well because she was crushing so hard. And I'm just, you know, I'm okay. Uh, no judgment, but why does this anime literally have every single female character? Because uh, thirteen-year-olds think that's hot. <laughs> the real world. Not every person is. Yeah, never mind. I'm not. Yep. Yep. I I actually was uh, taking notes at the beginning, and I was like, "Is this a harem?" Like, I'm trying to figure out what this anime is. And it just the pieces don't fit together in my head very well. And I'm 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 watching the way these girls are reacting toward her, and I'm like, is this is she like Tenchi? And and they're all the girls that like Tenchi. <laughs> is that what this is like? And then I started seeing more and more girls liked her, and I'm like, that that is what's going on. That's what this is. I'm so confused. Okay, um, but yeah, both of them were uh, N- Nazomi. Yeah, Nazomi was her humor she seemed to be the one that was supposed to be um the comedic relief whenever she was on screen because they would have the pacing where where it would be very melodramatic and very serious and have a lot of brevity and then all of a sudden nozomi would show up and just say something stupid and be like really energetic and i think that had you cut those parts and put them in their own anime in a different genre they're great. They would have been fantastic. She, she would have fit perfectly in a different world. But the tone this anime was trying to set, and really I think that its primary tone was the melodramatic one. Um, it wanted to really play on PTSD and develop that idea and see where it would go with the, the magical girl theme. And the, the humor just undermined it so bad. And so I really didn't like Nozomi for that reason. And the other one was just like, I don't know. Every time she's on the screen, I'm just like, get off the screen. You're not contributing anything. You're just there to gasp and, and like be self-conscious. It's so <laughs> boring and annoying. Just move on. Show me something interesting. So I found Sayoko pretty unimportant to anything going on. Like I, I kept wondering why she's there and I'll explore. I'm going to explain that on that a little bit more, but I actually really liked Nozomi because at least she had an exuberant personality when she came on screen. She was, very unique to every other character. Um, I like the jokes she was making, but I do 100% agree with Jeremy. They didn't fit into this anime, and that became very apparent after the first like few episodes. But like the pool scene, her jokes I thought were funny in that microchasm of just that scene. Um, my my biggest issue with them is that it, this is as close as we get to um, stand-ins for the audience, you know, who and they never explained anything about the world and matter of fact we don't really get a stand-in for the audience you know when we watch release the spice which is a very similar you know we are magic girls doing you know secret special ops work we had a character who got introduced to that world and had to learn everything so we could catch up and everyone here is just like jsdf m squad uh war blah, 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 conference and i'm like I-, I have no idea what any of you are talking about could someone please explain what is going on? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to take notes. I don't know what's happening. Uh, that oh, that that's a magic item. Was that important? <laughs> Do I need to know about magic item? Um, and and because of that, it feels stupid when a character walks in, is like, "Do you guys know what this is?" And everyone's like, "Yep." He's like, "Well, I'm going to say it out loud 
anyway. And I'm like, man, you just really needed a character <laughs> who's joining this for the first time that needed this all explained so it would flow a little better. And you have them right here. And it clearly is like hinting like these girls could become magical girls at some yeah. point. I kept waiting for that to happen. Uh, but they didn't do that. And so these girls are never the audience surrogate. And they are just new characters who don't really get to interact with the world at all. They also have really poor design. Um, I mean, compared to the, there's four dead magical girls that have fantastic designs. They're interesting looking thematic for wherever they're from. Right. And they spent a lot of time developing those characters designs, making them look cool. I even thought that the, the one that looks like she's the, the fist fighter looked like Nozomi. And I thought for a long time that that was not a magical girl from the past, but Nozomi in the future. I was wrong. <laughs> uh, I actually didn't like, I liked all most magical girls design, except for Asuka's. She, hers was, I was like, her, even her regular character design, I'm like that's, that's just a really bland, mm. big eyed, straight hair. Like she didn't and, seem anything special. <laughs> and, you know, I was, I was willing to be forgiving about the animation. The animation in this anime is awful. Yeah. Like straight up bad. And yeah. it almost is visual novel esque as in like these freeze frame scenes with very little movement. Mm. Um, almost like it's trying to be faithful to a light novel or a manga and it's just bad. All of it. And uh, yeah, Asuka's fate. Like I, I'm used to anime girls with large eyes but dang oscars takes up at least 58 percent of her face and she has like a double iris thing going yeah on. it's so, so weird yeah yeah i really don't like the way that they did her eyes and they also did francine's that way and yeah don't like that eye design i did notice that like a lot of the characters had very different eye designs i thought they're usually not that different within an anime you don't see such drastically different designs i liked the difference the distinctness but nothing else <laughs> and, and literally you cannot be a female in this anime without a double d like it's just well not an important female <laughs> i mean you could be well, even the non-important ones even the ones like yoko running running down the street it's like what the <laughs> And ordinarily, I, I don't, yeah, you know, ordinarily, I don't think it would bother me, but I don't know. This anime doesn't, doesn't do a good job with them. <laughs> I guess is the only way I can think. Like it's, it's blatantly using them very obviously. It's, it's not subtle at all. There's no subtlety. And, and uh, with your earlier point, it just doesn't fit the tone. I'm all for mm -hmm. like, Hey, let's have a busty anime girl sure. anime. Uh, Hunter DXD, like, hey, this is super yeah. fun to watch. Uh, yeah. But then to also have, you know, like torture and terrorist and death and DSD yeah. drama. Yeah, it's like, yeah. what is going on here? The, these flavors don't mix. You're putting exactly. peanut butter with my soy sauce. It's weird. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Well, that can work. That's true. There is a scene, uh, basically where they bond these three characters we've already mentioned, uh, because there was a rude man who threw a cigarette down and he was rude to oh, Nozomi. God. And then Asuka just comes up and like almost breaks his arm. <laughs> and they're like, okay, so now dumb. we're all friends. Yeah. I'm so petty. So petty. Yeah. Learn to be a freaking adult, man. Oh, said, turned uh, it up to a thousand, said the 13 yeah. year old writer. <laughs> Yes. I'm convinced. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Uh, then we we get, uh, and he'd already showed up in a flashback, and this character in the English dub was voiced by, oh, I never remember his name, the guy who does Vegeta and All Might, and I love mm. his voice, and actually when I heard him, he does the narration at the beginning, and I was like, oh yeah, okay, I'm into this anime. This uh, is going to be good. He <laughs> is, minutes later, I'm out. He's <laughs> basically the, well, Asuka's handler, and, and he's he leads his own task force. I did like that Nozomi immediately uh, accused her of being a hooker after school. Yeah. yeah, I was so confused with this kind of stuff where it's like, wow, the, these are the topics that these magical girls are talking about and schoolgirls? See, I like that. I'm not joke. used to this. I, I actually chuckled at that one. Um, but this is the character, Izuka. I did want to touch on him really quick because I have some things to say. Did you guys have any thoughts on him? He only has one arm. He does only have one arm. <laughs> He's very he's he's the most exposition we get from anybody. Mm. Yeah, he's got auto mail. I was confused. <laughs> I'm going to say that a lot because this this anime just. <sighs> but it, we we initially get introduced to him in this flashback of the end of the three years ago war, right? And then far 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 later, and, and it seems like he's just a soldier on the battlefield looking over at the girls at that time. With awe, like, oh yeah, they're they're gonna save us. This is this is incredible, right? And he's already missing his his arm there in the field. But there's a, another flashback way later in the anime. Kind of catches you by surprise. You didn't think that was what the anime was gonna do was give you this flashback. But in that, they're all sitting around a table discussing what they're gonna do after a grand battle, and he's there. And if I remember correctly, he has a fake arm. I don't remember him being there. Was he there? Yeah, he was. He was there. I didn't notice him. Sorry. That doesn't matter. It matters because it breaks the continuity. If he lost his arm during the great battle, right. why did he have a robotic arm prior to the great battle? Maybe it was his stuff that was bloody. <laughs> that would and be maybe a very, that's what it was. If, if that's legit, that's a very funny like artist error. Like I'm so used to drawing him with a robot arm, I just put a robot arm on him. <laughs> <laughs> that would be. I mean, maybe I'm remembering wrong, but that's, I think that's what I remembered. My, my big issue with this character, and again, he's voiced by one of my favorite voice actors, so I was, I was into him at first. Um, but when I was think, thinking back on this anime, as little as I tried to do that, they do some heinous acts in his tactical scheme, especially concerning a character we haven't talked about yet. Um, and he's condoning it. He's in charge of this operation. He knows it's happening and, but yet he's also the character who's like, these are just children after all. <laughs> Screw you. You have a 13-year-old chained in your basement being tortured. You don't get to play the morality card. You're a monster and you're helping them be monsters. I can, you cannot have this much clarity all of a sudden. I was so frustrated. It's like, you are doing horrible things and you are pushing these 13-year-olds. It, it just... it. There's a theme in here about like if we're using children as weapons, are are we the monsters? <laughs> and yes, they yes, try to make are. they try to make this character be like, I'm aware of this, and he's not. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, all I remember from him is I just kept calling him Captain Exposition because <laughs> exactly what you were talking about. He's like. He would say something and like, are you aware? And they're like, yeah, no, we're fine. Okay. Well, I'm going to spend the next five minutes explaining its history and why we have to go through this. It's like, okay. It didn't come across that strongly in the sub. 
he, he every wasn't time as he, much. Every time he walked into that coffee shop and they were all there, it was like, oh, it's exposition type. The, the bad one is when he explained the random bridges. He's like, you guys know what these are? And they're like, everyone's like, yep. And he's like, all right, I'm going to tell you. Anyway. <laughs> he literally said that in the dub. <laughs> Um, well, it almost sounds like they were trying to to be more comedic about it with their dubbing. Comedy just has no place in this anime. And it, the t- yeah, you're right. <laughs> I didn't get that feeling at all. I was also huh. really frustrated with his scenes when he's just standing in the the war room with the generals and everything's going to hell, and they're like, "Well, we lose." <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, because this is the realistic view of what a war room uh, looks like. Yeah. Um. Back in it, boys. <laughs> Basically, when when he talks, he shows up to talk to her. He's like, "Hey, join my new team." And she's like, "I'm retired." And I said, and after I watched this first episode, I walked around for the rest of the day, just going, "I'm retired." <laughs> um, but we get a flashback, and also this anime does not do a good job of announcing this flashback because I thought Asuka then went home to her parents, and there's two yeah. D sauce just sitting in her living room, and they're. they're She's like, hey, where's my parents? Uh, give them back. And she, they're like, we're totally going to give them back. Don't worry about it. In pieces. Peace out. We gone. <laughs> and she's like, I will do anything you ask. And they're like, no, screw you. Just send you a foot. <laughs> you can't yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> What's in the box? I, I actually thought this was a really cool scene because I was like, oh, that's intense. Uh, once right. I realized it was a flashback and what it was, I'm like, that's a really cool thing. It's kind of yeah. weird that they didn't take her up on her offer. They just did this just to be mean. Um, that there was no like strategy or tactic behind this. Like we like could control how, our, we could control a magic girl. <laughs> yeah, well, like how neat would that have been? To been like, you know, they actually do send like the hand, right? But the parents are still alive and they're using them as bait or blackmail for her uh, to to not rejoin the military right or to you know just play good or you know they would force her into some bad situation later or she's the reason four people died because she was you know corrupted by these dsos right and i was i was hoping that she went home after this encounter with him and this is what happened like she was expecting to go home to her parents um yeah and so that but again that's an anime we didn't get to watch I have a question. How old was she in this anime? Well, she's in high school now. I thought they had to be like 17, right? Yeah, I think 17 was the average age of all of them. So three years ago, she would have been 14. Well, she said uh, middle school. That's when the Great War was. Right. So, well, 17 minus 3 would be 14. So, and she had some. She hasn't changed. Since 14, and at 14, she was as developed. I don't understand. Do, do you think the art department was thinking that that much? They, sh- they should have. This is your responsibility when you're going to tell a story that spans three years. You know, you got to be consistent with your character development. That's oh, they were not- developed. <laughs> right, there's I'm, even I'm- a point. There's even a point where one of the girls says, sure, I guess like, okay. I think these are getting bigger. And she's like, what, what is this? <laughs> All right, we're going to keep going. Uh, the end of this episode, a, we see an armor car get robbed. It was transporting a prisoner. The terrorists come and, and rescue him. And they decide, like, let's just start shooting civilians to cause a distraction. Because that's how that works. That's worked um, every time. Um, mm-hmm. Sayoko ends up literally being there when this happens. And um, Asuka then jumps in and goes magic girl to save her. 
uh, dismembers, <laughs> cuts the the prisoner like at the at the ankles. Um, Literally and... cuts a dude into pieces. Yeah, like that's a little overboard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which, <sighs> so our mini sode next week is going to be about gore, and because I was going to talk about it tonight, and I thought well, let's just push off to the mini sode. I I think something like that can serve a purpose. I think it can oh, be absolutely. fine in an anime like this. It's just like like Jeremy's pointed out, there's so many different tones that all of a sudden you see people falling off their feet and their feet are still there um, it's like wait that that is that what we're watching i didn't know what we were watching that feels mm-hmm. out of place mm-hmm. well and i thought it was a neat representation of her <laughs> power level right like compared mm-hmm. to normal human in a, a, a quick succession you know this dude is ribbons right like that's neat but you're absolutely right about the tone it's like, wait, wait, it, I thought it was a comedy. Oh, wait, no, it's horror. Oh, no. It's Action. a harem. It, it's a harem? Like, what, what are we watching? <laughs> you know? uh, we get a quick scene of one of the other magic girls on a mission. Um, she, this is the American, and we were going to talk about her in, in when she gets a bigger episode, in like episode six. But she finds a tortured prisoner, and then this magic cube like shrinks on them and traps them and crushes them. Um, and, and so this, I, I want to say though, but we'll talk about her character. Like I said, this mystery that starts here is a much better story than the rest of this anime. Guys, make this story about a magic girl who's investigating mysterious deaths by terrorists. Mm hmm. Also, yes. these are the it, worst terrorists ever. Yeah. It, it was, yeah. <laughs> what do they want? We never find out. This this was this was one of those rare moments where I was I was very interested in where the plot was going to go because I thought I there was a lot of potential here when you see magic magic girls actually using their abilities against humans for some nefarious purposes and it's not it's not like silly oh evil the bad guys from the moon in Sailor Moon or something like that right it's actual actual magical girls being really, really bad, choosing to be evil. And maybe because of PTSD or something. Maybe they've broken. We don't know. But, yeah, they didn't deliver. No, you know what? That's episode three. I jumped a whole episode. <laughs> yeah, I, I was wondering, because I was like, I thought that was a little later. It is one episode later. Uh, apparently, some food spilled on my notebook and the page is stuck. All right. Um, <laughs> it was food. Uh, Izuka asks Asuka to join his team again after yelling her about using her powers and she's like literally no one can tell it's me like we have powers that make it so you can't tell who I am who gives a crap if Mm -hmm. I decide to use my powers in public he's like oh okay you want to join my team she's like no I'm retired (laughs) Um, we do learn that Nozomi's father is now in one of the cops interrogating the terrorist that was captured um who now has no feet and so he's involved in the plot as well that's going to come into play later i have no feet <laughs> um eventually there's another desos attack and we, um asuka learns that her old friend kurumi is fighting there and he's, she's like kurumi was our support character why would she be fighting? I'm going to go help her. So we go and meet Kurumi. 
Let's talk about Kurumi. I don't want to. I mean, we have to. Mm. <laughs> I don't want to talk about Kurumi. <laughs> She's a horrible character. <laughs> okay. Um, there's a lot of interesting potential with Kurumi in the sense that she's got her own baggage. She's, you know, the, the sandbag everybody beat on when, you know, they were bullying on her and everything. But for some reason, she also happens to be one of those rare girls that has magical talent and it happens to be restorative magical talent. And like and all of these things really just don't fit. Character. Yes. <laughs> and she gets a great nurse outfit. <laughs> I, I think the most frustrating part about her, even her, even in her existence in this anime is she instantly represents no, uh, consequences to any of the actions from here on out. When someone loses a limb, she puts it back on. When someone becomes, uh, emotionally scarred, she fixes it. Uh, it's, it's just, I, I hated this character with a passion. There was just no reason for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really think that some of the things that she did, had they been left undone, this story could have been very interesting to see how the characters would have played off of each other. But yeah, you're right. She completely undermined all that. Not, not only do I 100% agree with what Jason just said, because if you're going to have that level of gore, that, again, talk about this in our minisode, but you're, you're basically saying there's high stakes in this. This is for yes. tension. But if I can just put your arm back on or remove the memory of that happening, the tension's now gone, but now I still have to watch an arm come off. Mm-hmm. Gore for gore's sake. Right, which I'm not into. Also, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, this character commits torture. And I'm not going to get into like the moral implications of torture in the real world, but in storytelling language, when you watch a character do torture, that's a villain. That's It's automatic. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I'm watching someone torture someone. Even if they're torturing a bad guy, it's a villain. And you can play with it. 24 did a great job of, like, for the higher, you know, the greater good, he did an unmoral torture scene. And, and that would be interesting, but we don't really get that. She's literally just taking a 15-year-old girl and torturing her until she breaks her mind. And, and she, yet, I'm all supposed to root for this character. I thought she was 100% going to become a villain because I'm like, this, mm-hmm. this, this girl, Cray, mm-hmm. and she's going to mm-hmm. become a villain, and that's that's cool. Okay, I'm ready for that. And they're like, nope, this is super duper good character. No, she isn't. She's horrible. She's a villain. What? I'm not going to root for her anymore. And also, everyone knows what she's doing in that basement. That's just part of the base. She's not sneaking off with these characters. They're all they all suck. This is sanctioned mm-hmm. by the main head dude. It's like, okay. That's what was, yeah, that's what I was saying earlier. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, she enjoys the torture. Yep. She makes yeah. it very clear at one point. She says, oh, I always think about Red Scorpion and then performs her torture. And she, the way that the scenes play out for the torture as well, they're almost like glamour shots. They're, they're, it's like the torture scenes are glamorized shots where they're like, okay, now... There's an Iron Maiden, and she's in that. Okay, now she's got things under her nails. Different things like that, right? Where it's like, why are you showing us flashes of these images? It, there's even one where she's like torture spanking someone. Like, what? what is this? And even when someone isn't necessarily like, there's, there's no reason to restrain them in a particular way. You know that they're going to Kurumi's basement because 
they get restrained in some strange, uncomfortable way that exposes all their vulnerabilities. Yes, there's a sexuality to the torture that yeah is, is really disgusting. This is probably what offended me, the torture scene. Then we'll get to them. But that is actually where I got offended. And I don't get offended. But I was like, you can't have a good character committing immoral torture and then ask me to still root for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, that you just can't do that. It, it is it is storytelling language that between creators and audience that hey, if you're watching a character commit sadistic torture, that's automatically a villain. That's just how storytelling works. Mm-hmm. You cannot break that rule unless you set it up and, and work around. It. Like I said, you know, there's ways to play with it, but you can't just do it and be like, you guys are cool with that, right? Everyone's cool because if we saw boobs. <laughs> and, and and what's the one thing they've been preaching at us this entire anime? These are children. So right. not only not only yes. do we have these gross immoral acts happening, but they're being performed and on children. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and yes, then that's... we're then we're sexualizing the children because you Getting pointed tortured. out multiple times they're children. So it's like yeah, yeah. It's I'm, it's, in, I'm in your boat. Sir. Yeah, it's too many layers. It the characters become psychopathic. Right. And I thought, like I said, Kurumi has a psychopathic layer i was like okay i i'm i'm into that because she's like i was on the hero side literally all my trauma has warped my brain and i'm a bad person who just happens to be on the good side and that was eventually mm-hmm. going to come to fruition where oscar was gonna have to fight her best friend with and their ptsd would kind of have to battle each other almost that was a cool concept that's not what we get Karumi's was like no I'm, I'm part of this team and i'm here to support you and everyone's like yay pre part of our group hug i'm like no she's so scary yeah yeah instead they all stand by as people get wheeled away in these weird sexual exposed yeah. vulnerable positions also, also her powers are scary as hell like, mm-hmm. that that would be a character uh, person i'd be afraid because like one stab and she got you uh, Especially because she loves to emphasize how her that needle and the, the 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 concoction that she uses oh it heightens all your senses both pain and pleasure and you're like I know what this anime is now I get it I I, I understand I, it's I, not I, anime I've seen enough <laughs> late night Japanese TV, TV to know <laughs> that's right um I, I do want to say so in the scene when we meet her she's fighting this D sauce by herself um, she hits it with an injection of acid. And it's like its entire flesh gets all bubbly and stuff. And it's really creepy and scary looking. I thought this was a really cool design of yeah. one of the creatures. I was like, okay, that's, that's really cool to see. Um, so I, I will give him kudos for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically she gets her butt kicked because she's, you know, she's not a fighter and, but Oscar, Oscar saves her. And they have a little powwow on the swings where she's like, you broke your promise and you're a horrible person. You know that, but I still love you. And then the next day she's like, I'm in your school now. And they're like, well, that's weird. She's like, no, it's not weird at all. See, this is literally setting up for a villain. Yeah. Like what you described right there is super Stalker. best friend villain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Evil yeah. Sudari. And she, yeah. there's even a point where like, she's meeting the other friends. She's meeting Sayoko and Nozomi. And she's like, what have you guys done with her? And, and I'm like, oh, she, she, yeah. the, everything I thought was going to happen, like, oh, man, she's going to kidnap Nozomi and torture her. But that happens to Nozomi, but not from this character. I'm like, hey, I'm confused. Yep. <laughs> everything I feel like you're setting up, you just kind of throw away and leave dangling and then feels incomplete and bad. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You just described this anime. Yeah. I did. Yeah. 
Okay, so <laughs> then, okay, then the the Mia thing happens with the the cube, the prisoner in the cube, um, and then, like I said, Kaimi meets everybody. She, they have a workout session. Which is really funny because later they tell people they're friends with people at gym. And I'm like, wait, you guys, your school has a gym and you use it and they know you use it. This is, that's a horrible lie. And and who is buddy buddies with people they only see when they go to work out? Yeah. Like. Uh, they decide. Not, oh, go ahead. Not good logic. <laughs> that's all I was going to say. We meet M squad, but no one's really important enough to introduce. So they're just a team of who they look like teenagers too, but I assume they're adults. And they're trained, trained in, magical in magical combat. Right? Trained yeah. in magical combat. Also, they can't make more magic girls because it seems everyone else can. And the government's like, no, we only have these five. Well, that's the thing is that there's even a conversation later where she says like, yeah, there's 30. And that's probably the upper limit. Or maybe there's 300. And that could be the lower limit. And, I, and I'm just like, I, you don't know. Like, you haven't fleshed your own world out well enough. Either that or this character doesn't know. The government's like, we need these five more than anything or we're all screwed. But also there's a way to make them and we're not going to do that. Because <laughs> it's gonna illegal. Let the... <laughs> but, but the person who makes them even comes and visits. Like, yeah, the general should be able to make them legally. They, they can't replenish their, their stock. That's a horrible word. Uh, reserve, <laughs> I guess I should say. <laughs> you would think that once one enemy is gone, right? So once the Dissas monsters are gone, what are the magical girls there to fight? Well, rogue or renegade magical girls. And you would think that the general would be more than happy to make more because she certainly loves her magical girls. So, yeah, I don't understand why they don't either. Um, so we mean uh, The story point. demands it. Oh, that's why. That's right. That's right. Pool episode. Yeah. Then we get the pool scene. So there's lots of boobs and butts. Um, I want to see children. A, a, <laughs> I w- yes, <laughs> I want to see a pitch meeting of those. Right. At, at least they're high school girls. In most anime, they're middle school girls. <laughs> yeah. Fair yes. Fair yes. Um, Sayoko goes up on the high dive and jumps off to kind of get over her fear because she's been kind of freaking out ever since the she got stuck in that attack. Uh, I didn't care. Yeah, this is a big moment yeah. for her that doesn't really matter. Um, yeah. I I feel like she's going to matter a bunch later. I think she's the magical girl of mass destruction they're trying to create later. The bad guys are trying to make, but we never really dive into that yet. What is that storyline? Like, they mentioned it two or three mm-hmm. times, and then it's just gone. Like, yep. and, and they, they yeah, yeah. I like the phrase, magical girl of mass destruction. That's fun to say. <laughs> That is funny. Um, at, is that the like end of, at the end of this, <laughs> Nozomi gets abducted and it just looks like two rockets, though. <laughs> um, and so Nozomi's abducted, be- and it's not because of being friends with a magical girl. It's because her father is that cop, and they're they're trying to get that guy back. The guy that was well, revenge, revenge. So, and then this ends up being a trap for something else. So it. How do they and even they, know that this torturer is has their guy? Like he's just a guy in the police station. Like what makes him special? His own family doesn't even know what he does for work. That, well, uh, no, that wouldn't explain it because I'm pretty sure the main bad guy is one of the magical nine. Well, of course. It's oh yeah, short Francine. It's Francine, yeah, right? It's Francine. Um, but that doesn't. She wouldn't know 
it's not like the magical girls know who the cops are working the cases. So that doesn't, right. uh, but I, I want to call out. So we need to talk about Abigail. Uh, but before we do, this scene starts with, she's sitting in a restaurant with her and they're grilling meat on one of those grills on the table. And as far as like the torture scenes in this, this one I thought was really well done and effective when she's just cutting the meat and like the implication of what it could be like, this could be, you like look mm-hmm. how easily i just go through bone and flesh and and cooking are you gonna eat this are we gonna eat um and i was like man this is really effective and really intense and chilling and then especially if, like we found out later we see her like injured and stuff and be like oh my god the implication came true that would be really intense but no they decided to full-on show the torture they put this girl through <laughs> and- well and, and if, it just felt like it wasted the scene because the scene was so effective. I thought this is one of the best scenes in the entire anime because it was so effective. I was like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm creeped out. That's so good foreshadowing and, and implication. But imagine if this was uh, – uh, oh God, what's her friggin' name? Uh, war maiden? No, war nurse? Kurumi. Kurumi. Yeah. Imagine if this was Kurumi in this scene. How much better that would have fit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If they had followed yeah. that storyline, yeah. Yeah. I, I think the reason it was so effective was because it was psychological. Um, yeah. And the moment it passed from psychological to physical, it it lost all the weight. It lost the weight. Because as an audience, you can participate with the psychological. You can You can have that suspense and that terror. But when they engage in the physical, I I would think that it's kind of like a short burst of recognition of sympathy. And then just the more you're exposed to it, the more you just turn away and get numbed. Right. It gets so gratuitous. Can I be honest? That particular torture scene was just boring because once it became physical. Yeah. Yeah. Because what ended up happening is there was, even though they were performing it, it was less about the torture, more about the side conversation they were having. It's like, okay, hold on. You're in the middle of doing this terrible thing to this person who's struggling, but you have the wherewithal and time to just have a casual conversation about upcoming events with your employer. Yep. Yep. The the one thought I had during the actual torture scene was that, man, this is going to have long-lasting ramifications (laughs) of this anime. Like, this girl is never going to be the same, especially with how her personality has been. Like, this character is completely forever altered and changed and ruined. And if she's, I honestly, like, there's no way she survives this because she's going to be a shell of who she was for what they put her through. Hmm. But that doesn't take place. See, now that would have been a good character development story <laughs> plot. <laughs> uh, let's talk really quick about Abigail, though, because she is the evil uh, pseudo-magical girl that that's in charge of this operation uh, and kind of our first villain that we meet. What do you guys think of her? Uh, you mean the five scenes she was in? I, I don't I don't understand why she was there, honestly, because... She's in, like, four episodes. Yeah, for, like, three minutes a piece and then she's gone she she doesn't appear until the last episode it's like yeah. where did she, you go she appears in that last episode <laughs> yeah for very very important plot relevant Jeez, Louise. Okay. Yeah. They, they plot 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 <laughs> plot <laughs> no i i don't know what to think of her i thought she could have been a decent psycho villain she kind of reminded me of 
the um, syringe blood lady from My Hero Academia. Mm-hmm. Like she- her, her her attitude and the way she went about things and her obsession with her her weapon. But um, yeah, I just I don't I don't know why she was there besides she's evil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she, yeah, she also has handheld scissors that can go through an entire person's arm. Yeah, <laughs> that's a bit insane. She kind of reminded me a little bit in in the sense of her chaotic evil nature, where she just loves eat. she loves doing bad things. She just loves doing it. She loves causing pain. Um, she reminded me a little bit of Megaman from Recreators, and but not in the intelligence level. Like this this girl had yeah, just just in the sort of um, absolute joy of causing harm and causing pain, um, and. That was about the only interesting thing about her, I thought, was that she had something driving her that none of the other characters have. And that was just her complete abandon for everything and an embrace of of causing pain, which is a horrible thing. But she is a villain. So it's fitting. It's okay. It makes sense in this character to have that. But I completely agree that she just kind of fell into the background and kind of just a- acted as a buffer, a proxy so that Francine hidden Francine behind the iron mask. That's super obvious can have her machinations play out. I mean, you, you cut off a braid. That's not, that's not enough. <laughs> and yeah, otherwise she was pointless. Uh, I, I thought she could have been interesting if we had more explored why she was the way she was, but we actually got that with a whole different magical girl where they give us her backstory. And I'm like, okay, well that, that actually makes sense. Like where this, where this pain and this need to, to, to punish comes from this character. Like you said, it's just kind of evil for evil's sake and, and twiddling her mustache. Um, her, her sweat scissors. (laughs) They should have combined those two characters. Make really, they character. should have, because they are mm-hmm. almost ex- exactly the same, but when we get a backstory and when we don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, so moving forward, uh, M-Squad decides to get involved. They have to kind of deal with, there's all this political, they keep going to like, we can't get involved, it's political. Like, really? Also, I love how the government's like, yeah, we're not going to rescue her because this is going to really increase our budget. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, it was the- kind of weird because at the time I thought that's that's interesting. I, I haven't really heard that argument made in a story like an anime before. That seems very tactical, um, very cold and tactical. And I, I like it as an idea that somebody would be that corrupt and that callous. But it's not oh, realistic. But this, this is a heroic character. This is a good character who's on the side of the magical girls. Don't forget. <laughs> Well, no, this came from the lady that was in charge of the team. The commissioner of the police. Yeah, the commissioner yeah, of the police. Who's on was their in... side. Yeah, she is, but she's not intimately involved with the characters. I mean, you right. could just say no. that it's her subordinate's daughter. Um, but but joins up, like, becomes in charge of M-Squad by the end, or, or like, you know, allies with them. And mm-hmm. is, is, But that's a villainous thing to say, that... If she dies, we get more budget. Yeah. To the dad. Not even like saying this in <laughs> private to other officials, like straight up to the dad. No, no, no. It's going to be great if your daughter dies. We'll be able to get a coffee maker in here. Like it's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> See, it didn't come across like that in the sub. No, in the it, sub. It didn't. I'm making fun of it. it but she okay. did explain to the, fa- she is very cold and callous to the father. Like if she dies, 
uh, you know, our budget is going to go up and we'll be able to handle problems much better because we'll have the funds to do so. Because our, our reputation, she said something about our reputation would be, would be attacked. And so, you know, we couldn't let that happen. You know, the people will, will, yeah, retaliation. We'll, we'll have to retaliate and we'll get a budget. Yeah. Cause I don't remember budget. Maybe I'm just forgetting. I, I watched it last at the first week after the last episode. And so I might be forgetting a little bit there, but it's, it came across to me very much like this will give us an opportunity to retaliate. We have to let them, let them take this pawn so that we can take their queen. Right. Yeah, but, but you're telling this to the dude that it's his daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but he's also like, he is the police torturer too. Like, so, I mean, not that he's not torturing on the good side, but I'm just saying like, he's probably capable of sympathizing <laughs> with the idea that, okay, sometimes you, you're callous towards the prisoners that you torment and you, you mistreat and, I don't know. I, it just seemed really weird. Oh, and, and speaking of continuity, they hightailed it out of there and left her arm back there. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I, I caught that. Yep. Okay. It was, she, she generated an arm for her is the way I interpreted that. Let me, let me plot us to that. Uh, Oscar. <laughs> She's the new lizard in Spider-Man. Yes. Oscar and Kurumi, they <laughs> infiltrate the building. They get to Nozomi. Abigail cuts off her arm when they won't drop their weapons, so they do drop their weapons, except for Kurumi, who shoots Abigail. They grab Nozomi, they run out of the building, and then Asuka stays behind to fight. She ends up fighting these two Russian mercenary mages. Uh, Can we just not talk about them? They're not important. So dumb. We have to talk about one thing, because one has a water spirit, which he was using to torture the girl. The other one just has a magic axe, so he's not really that good of a magic user. Uh, But the other one has a water spirit, and at one point... The water spirit gets on Asuka's oh, face yeah. and they decide to drown her by just keeping the water on her face. But we've seen this thing has the ability to just go into your body. Just go into her goddamn lungs. You win. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was like punching out of Nozomi's stomach. Right. Yeah. But it, they're like waiting for Asuka to breathe it in to drown her when you can just forcibly go yeah. in, and yeah. make that happen at will. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder if it has no because she's they a magic give, girl. They didn't, yeah, they didn't say anything about that though. Like they didn't give us any tells. If we're supposed you know, to assume that's lazy storytelling, like there's so there's this really weird fine line that we we harp on this all the time. Oh, exposition, exposition. Oh, they just you know they're treating us like we're dumb. You know, show not tell. This was all show and no tell. Like mm. they're. <laughs> And the yeah. exposition they did give us was like pointless and awful. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Angela faces Kayumi after they get Nozomi out of there. So they reattach her arm, send her on an ambulance. So they have time for that. But then Angela and Kayumi starts fighting. M squad shows up to help. Um, and they actually end up pinning her down. <laughs> and the, the, there's Kobu, who's like a little troll fairy for the bad guys. And Sashu, Sachu, who is the little fairy for the magical girls, Sachu just comes up and hits Kobu with uh, uh, brass knuckles, just like Bo. Um Guys, I really like Sachu the cat, but I have no idea what his purpose is. Like, is he what gives them their powers? Is he supposed to hang around a specific zero magic explanation? Girl? What? Yeah, he's, just, he's just there because other magic girl shows have a small animal friend. 
Yeah, it was really weird because when I first saw him, I was like, oh, it's a cat. No, it's, it's not a cat. It's a mouse. And there's only one thing that I've seen him do, and that is other than, like, pulling weapons out of his fairy. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> is um, he is able to, like, tap into Asuka's eyes and allow her to receive information from scanning, which later, for some reason, he has to tell her. She just doesn't just get it when he describes a vulnerability. He has to verbally communicate it with her. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's, he's it's, just being efficient in case she didn't notice. Yeah, for us. It's for us. It's that exposition for us. Um, but the thing that bugged me, too, is that only these fairies weren't consistently present with every magical girl. You had some that were with the good guys, some that were, that were with the bad guys. And it, also, sometimes the Dissas faction didn't seem to be teddy bears. It seemed like maybe the teddy bears were weapons of the Dissas, and the Dissas were, in fact, goblinoids. Um, because there's a group of goblinoids later that show up that are clearly not with fairies. Um, yeah. It's just really, <laughs> I don't understand. It's no, so I confusing. The goblin ones pissed me off because there's a scene where they're trying to rape a girl. And I'm like, what? what? Yes. Wait, why? Yes. You yeah. were just, you, at first thought we're told they they want us for our energy, but they also want to rape us. Yeah. Hmm. But then, but then this, I, I thought the same thing. And then I was like, what is this just playing off a of goblin slayer? Like, what is going off here going on? And, but then the camera swung and it was like, no, he wasn't trying to rape her because see his feet aren't even on the ground. Like he's too short. He was literally just like up on his hands. I, I don't, it made no sense. Like it didn't even look like he had, like there was any possibility he could have successfully raped her. It didn't look like there was any possibility. So what was he doing? Like, why would you put him in that scene other than to imply that? And then not even follow through that he could have done that to make make me think that I'm perceiving something. It's a problem in my head. Is that no, what those the, girls I don't get, get up it. and literally like are closing their shirts and um, yeah, I, but yeah, it's it's just so weird. How Goblin Slayer, you know, whatever issues they may have, how everyone got upset about that, and this just slid past all radars. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah. I don't understand yeah. you, Internet. Um, yeah. All right. All right. Let's let's keep going. Uh, we have to anyway <laughs> um eventually oscar shows up cuts off angela's fingers <laughs> oh yeah that's right because her thing turned into a sword scissor yeah, sword yeah because plot line oh like, she transformed into a magical girl and i guess maybe it's kind of like the, she was already a magic girl oh did she, she was running she out of magical energy form because i i know that the russian magical girl can create a big gun out of her lighter. So I'm just wondering if maybe she has some kind of uber move that... Are, are we talking about Asuka? Yeah. No. Yes? <laughs> See, you guys, that's as I thought. You guys are talking about... Oh, no, I thought yeah, we were talking yeah, yeah. about Scissors Girl. No, no, I'm talking about Asuka. She had her, like, weird whole blade thing, and it turned into a sword in order to beat the Russians. That's her okay. ultimate... Yeah. That's her it's, ultimate move. Her her yeah. knife turns into a sword that can break through any defense, but it uses all her magic power, or at least a huge portion. Right? Yeah. So, uh, okay. so yeah, yeah. It's it's like her her final move. What's okay. weird is that that move, what she yells like magical high calorie roll up or something like that. That's this. I know. It's the same exact thing that Karumi yells later when she pulls off some kind of magical yeah. attack. Is she just pirating it or, or is she actually or is that all a of standard? Them do their... Anyway, a magic cube <laughs> stops the fighting and Queen appears, who is the main villain of our series. And like we've said, we 
it's pretty obvious who she is, but yeah. she she makes it so the bad guys get away. Um, Why didn't she just crush all of them right there? Mm-hmm. She got her cute because she has machinations. She has machinations. She's coming back. They they go to visit Nozomi in the hospital, and she freaks out. She has PTSD real bad. So like, <laughs> let's just erase her memories of the past week and end it up. No! Like, yeah, well, that makes sense. And Oscar's like, we can't. Uh, no, actually, that probably makes sense, and it probably does make sense. But from a storytelling point, like I said, now everything has no consequence. So uh-huh. you just made me watch all that for no reason. When they tried to play it off like like this is some burden for Asuka that oh see she had this friend she was going to be friends with Nozomi they were going to go to movies together now she's now Asuka's going to stand on the bridge and let the the movie tickets fly off into the wind because she's so sad that she doesn't get to go to the movies with her friend and then her friend will show up with movie tickets and oh everything's back the way it was I'm like God, I hate now, this I was hoping like okay let's save a little bit of this story. Because they they did this whole like replay of the past week, and they were showing moments from the very first episode. I'm like, oh, Nozomi's gonna wake up, and her and Asuka are not going to be friends anymore. She's not gonna remember Asuka at all. Not what happened. No, she shows up with new tickets, and is like, oh yeah, that movie. I think we should go to that. But let's also not forget that nobody else at her school realizes she lost the week of memory. So she would be like, hey, let's do that. Like we did that three days ago. What are you talking about? And th- that never comes up. It's just completely only only does she bring up past week events with Asuka and never anyone else. And only once like she doesn't bring it up again and it doesn't plague her. It doesn't bother her. I thought it was I thought she brought up the pool and then she brings up the movie. She's like, let's go to the pool. I love going to the pool for the first time of the year. Yeah, but I don't think that's the same as bringing it up to discuss that something happened and you don't remember what it was like. You've Mm -hmm. lost a, a week. I would think that that's a huge like mind for a character to suddenly start doubting everything and wonder well what happened and how did i forget it and why no, is no one telling me can <laughs> yes 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 <laughs> guys we can't tell other youtubers categories i know Dang he's it. awesome <laughs> he is pretty funny um Okay, now we come back to Mia, who is back on the case of the missing scientist and is looking for his brother now in Japan. So she's getting sent to Japan. She learns Asuka's back in. So it's a good time to talk about Mia, the Texan, whose special weapon, of course, is a gun. I liked her. I liked Um, her. I thought she was, (laughs) again, another story thread that I really wish I would have seen that anime instead of this one. Um her doing special ops operations against real terrorism in, I, I assume the United States or somewhere else. Um, like she's the one that seemed to take her job the most serious and also seemed to be the most specialized. Like she, she honed her skills. She was uh, a value asset to her team and, uh, again, she was doing interesting things that I would have rather have seen. Like there's um, a really good and, mystery she's she's and, exploring, mm-hmm. and and her her personality fits that bubbly young person. But I'm also a hardened soldier. Like yeah. it fit really well. I actually she was probably the best designed character out of the bunch. That's exactly what I was thinking. She was she was the character that didn't seem to have some kind of major development flaw. Um, I, I really liked this character. I liked her, her ability set. 
I liked how she used it. Like she had essentially the ability to just have a see-through walls radar. <laughs> she could just activate it. That was really cool. And yeah. just whatever kind of shape gun she wanted that would shoot through most shields and just obliterate people. I mean, that thing blew a hole in, in people that had to be like two feet in diameter arm through armor and everything. Like it was absolutely fascinating to see what a magical girl brings to the tactical table, you know? Like, and that's the so whole, cool. The whole host hotel scenario, even though the reason that other girl was there was completely contrived. Um, that whole combat scene was really neat to watch. Yeah. Um, yeah. So she was definitely my favorite out of the bunch. Um, and even though she was just as voluptuous as the rest of them, um, for some reason, her design didn't seem that distracting with it. Yeah, she did I agree. Have a bikini top, which was a little odd. Her top right, but it reminded weird. me of other animes that have had voluptuous yeah. girls in them that are the combat cool girls, right? Yeah, I, I would like to make the argument that a magical girl has a place in Tactical Breach Wizards by Tom Francis. He he really should implement a magical at, girl character. <laughs> at, at least she didn't reload her <laughs> weapon by like bouncing her cleavage up and bullets fling out. That wouldn't have shocked me at this point, though. Yeah, <laughs> I do agree with you guys about her character, though, and especially her plot threads were way more interesting. But let's set up what happens here, because um, there's there's a. Asuka and her friends are going to a, a festival and nothing's really important to me except for Asuka keeps running into the same tourist like two or three times throughout this anime. And like, it seems like they're super important. There's a connection there and all this stuff, but then she ends up just being the bad guy to, for Mia to fight in this hotel or when she's looking for this other scientist who they find in a, in a cube already crushed and yep. like, body parts sticking out. Uh, and she shows up and she starts fighting. She's not a magical girl. She takes drugs to enhance her magic and she can do other magic stuff. But, and she's like, I'm fighting because the government bombed some place and my family was there at the time. Her kid? Yeah, yeah, daughter. yeah her, kid, her daughter was there. And I'm like, oh, that that's interesting. How is this going to connect to everything? And then she gets killed. And, 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 and Mia's like, Oh no, I don't feel bad for you. It was, it was terrorists like you that killed my parents. And I'm like, I didn't know anything about any of these characters when this fight started. I had absolutely no investment in this and you came in at the end and tried to capitalize on investment that was supposed to be there. I'm sorry. I was like, Oh my God, is that your mom? <laughs> oh God. But, but no. And like, because this character dies, and we're just like she just blurts out her backstory, and it never connects to anything ever. Well, she I, told Asuka, "Happy, be happy, and and everything will be we're working." The moment she asked her for directions, I was like, "Oh, a new bad guy!" Like she just yeah. had that look and drawn about her, and then she, she's laying there with a rubble on her, <laughs> and she's like, "They're doing this dialogue," and Mia just goes. Uh, my parents were also killed. Bang, bang. <laughs> just like executes her. Like you could have <laughs> saved her and interrogated yep. her. No, yep. execute her right there. Yep. Well, you don't want to turn her over to Kurumi. <laughs> oh God, that's a better fate. Oh God, it was mercy. It was a mercy healing. Um, I, I do agree that this battle was really cool, and you know the fact that the the magical the magical girl's motto is like written on the mirror 
And she, they're like, oh, you think that bad guy did? And she's like, no, only the magical girls knew that motto. Some like, oh, there's 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 clues, there's plot threads. This this is cool, and we're not coming back to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just about to say, I love what they did with this. They just dropped it. <laughs> okay, then back into the main story. Uh, Asuka gets a welcome party from M Squad, even though she's been with them now for a couple episodes. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, <laughs> they're sent on a mission, and this is where we learn about gates to the spirit realm, and there's only two permanent gates, but sometimes random gates just pop up, and then smugglers always seem to know where they are and use them. So one of them popped up. We have to go over and stop the the smugglers, and they go, and it's the Russian mob, and they're literally selling people for magical weapons, and they don't get there in time to save the people, so the people says, bye. <laughs> Sucks to be you guys. Um, but they do get there in time to shoot all these Russian mobsters. And there's a little girl there who's, who's again, not a magic girl, but she is a maid and she's huge fire explosions. Is and there a difference between magic girls and mages? So it seemed like the mage just kind of got her power from the, from the magical tool equipment. Oh, okay. I still I think about- it uses like your internal magic power, but like if you're a magical girl, it's like you're super saiyan. Yeah, because Karumi does talk about how, you know, there are so few girls that have the potential, they have the inner reservoirs to be able to be magical girls. And she's talking to this mage, so it doesn't apply. Outer <laughs> reservoirs? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that explains so much. Because this girl doesn't have those reservoirs. <laughs> no. But, but even Geese says, like, we recognize a huge amount of magic potential in you, so we knew you could be a magic girl, so we did all this stuff to recruit you to a character later. So that does make sense. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, they cut off her arm. <laughs> and do offer to put it back on. <laughs> one guy gets away with one of the magic items. And um, Tamara, who is sent from Russia to Japan, uh, finds him and he turns himself into a werewolf and then she beats him and then he kills himself. Uh, and she gets the magic item. What does she do with it? You know, this never comes back. Okay. For, for a second, I was like, wait, is this the magic item from the end? Uh, that was the big thing. But no, because that was no. brought by the general. Yep. So this magic item, we never come back to. Um I could have sworn I saw it in the final scenes, and I'm just wondering how in the world did it end up there, but never mind. Guys, thoughts on Tamara? (laughs) Uh, Uh, Freak show. Jeremy, did you say anything cool in Russian? Uh, I didn't catch anything, no. (laughs) Psychologically damaged is really the only thing I can think of when I see this girl. Um, With that sister thing, though. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's and and what was the point of it as well? I mean, because we don't really get a lot of time with this character. That felt like yeah. set up for a season two, like yeah. So I have a fundamental problem with Tamara, and that is, um, or Tamara, as as I want to pronounce it, um, and that is that she thinks that Desas are cute and cuddly. No, no, I didn't get that. I didn't. So get she that goes home at night. And she hugs a big stuffed animal on her bed. Right. Yeah, she likes big stuffed fluffy things. And what do the desus monsters look like? They look like it, but she knows the difference. So if Asuka has PTSD with these things to the point that like I'm, 
stuffed animals are disgusting and freaky. I, I think would imagine. I think there's a possibility there, the, the connection you're drawing, but the anime never specifically points that out. She never like looks at one of the DSOS and says they're cute or anything like that. That's the yeah. thing is, it, I, did anyone? Was anything explained? No, let's move on. Well, but, but, <laughs> but like, did anyone ever look at a stuffed animal and make the connection that this stuffed animal looks like a Desus? Or is that just an uncanny resemblance that only we as outside observers pick up? Well, the reason I think it's horrendously inconsistent is the very first episode. Asuka is like freaked out by the dude in the costume, but no one else is. But everyone there has been through the war three years ago. Like, why would that be a profitable business if everyone was terror terrorized by these things? Mm-hmm. I just don't get why she's hugging them. I, I that'll never make sense to me. She's it psychologically looks like the, damaged. Yeah, it's, it's freak, freak. Shadow. And and also it, from her point of view, she didn't see that in the later episode. Mm. She sees her sister. Would well, you? So do you think that? So the, I wonder if the she teddy bear in the bedroom. Yeah, do you think the teddy bear in the bedroom, she sees it as her sister, too? Or something else? No, because... <sighs> she had to go into a weird quarantine zone to see her sister. It did, which, uh, again, I think there's something going on with the Russian government there. That it, that's more than just what... You, there's something that needs to be explained. Um, but they, there's also the implication that she's attracted to Asuka because she just loves cute things, and Asuka's super cute, even though she also says that's hot. Um and, right. and kind of humps the teddy bear too. Yep. Um, let's not worry about that though. <laughs> yeah. Let's. This is guys, how you learn what this anime is, guys. We we then meet the character Geese. Um, what did you think of him? He's the big, giant robot child. I hated him. I hated him. Really? <laughs> well, yeah. He was so out of place. He comes at a really weird time in the story arc. Um, and he serves one purpose and there's very little payoff to it. it yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's so and powerful. Also all of his, all of his motivations are really strange. And uh-huh. as old as we find out that he is, how in the world could he have gone through all of that and still be like this innocent young kid by the end? That doesn't make sense. Yeah, I didn't buy his innocence at all. The anime no. could not convince me of that with the story that they told. His, yeah, his backstory would have made him such more a hardened yeah. individual. And so his deathbed redemption of like, if you yeah, call it, it was that. us. Well, it, it was the, the anime. I think the writers were trying to make it that, but I, it certainly did not. It wasn't make satisfying. A, a sympathetic villain. Yeah, yeah, well, a sympathetic villain that in his last breaths tries to convert a different villain that he's made into a villain into into a hero. Mm. And that's just like, no, you didn't earn this. You're a horrible person. No. Yeah. <laughs> I was kind of down with the idea of him. I didn't like how, like, every time he started a conversation, he's like, and I have a tragic backstory. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, every time he'd meet a character, hold on. Let me tell you why I'm a tragic character. Um, but <laughs> Shatner <laughs> outside of those moments, I, I was kind of digging what he was doing. I do. I had a thought because they're when he's telling his backstory once, he's like, they, I was, they made me be a child soldier and I had to kill my family 
and rape, rape my, my sister. sister. And I'm like, you don't need to to make us audience be part of that. You could just say yeah. kill my family and I'll get it. Like, I'll yep, get, yep. Like, to become a child soldier, I had to do a horrible thing to people I cared about. I get it. You don't need to go to the furthest extreme you can think of to make me cringe so hard. Yeah. And then Mr. Mr. 13 year old writer. <laughs> yep. Yep. Implication and subtlety goes so far, Mr. Sorry. <laughs> okay. You're going to get a hate tweet eventually. Yeah. yeah. Somehow this is going to get to the actual writers. Be like, I'm a 50 year old man, you punk. <laughs> exactly. Well, you uh, think like a 13 year old. I do. That's, that is actually true. Um, so he's given a target to recruit, which we then come to in the next episode, where a man is trying to sell his wheelchair bound daughter for prostitution. Yeah. Yeah. Underage, and, by the way. This... And, and the, the guy who runs the whorehouse, you know, he, he's not even evil enough to do that. <laughs> It's just, again, the tone just doesn't seem to fit. Like, this comes after scenes where the, the, the characters, the other characters are, are having moments of innocence. I don't remember the specifics, but I remember that the characters were getting along and they were just having, like, day-to-day activities. And then we jump to this scene where it's like, yeah, underage, wheelchair-ridden, one-legged girl, but she only needs a mouth, right? What is this? Right after this sequence is the beach. Part. Right. That's what I, <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you for context. It just, I don't get it. So he, the dad goes home and drinks and then starts to beat her to death for, you know, existing. Existing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Geese shows up, kills him and is like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to help you make you a magical girl gives her a robot foot. You know, this was so unbelievable because in majority situations where it's family hurting family like this, they never want to see their family member dead. They might want to see justice brought, maybe arrested, protection. They never want to see him dead. And the fact that there was so little uh, consequence or reaction, there was just no reaction. Mm -hmm. Well, there was no reaction to all of a sudden picks him up by one hand and squeezes his skull into goo and mm-hmm. she's just like uh yeah i'll become a magic girl yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Th- at this point yep. i was and I, I don't know why you would expect that yeah. <laughs> and and i and i love you e i love you yeah, oh yeah that's right i'm forever loyal to you now I'll do anything you say. However, mm-hmm. compared to Abigail, I actually appreciated that they at least gave us a reason why this girl became a psycho evil. Yeah. Magical girl. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it is. Contrived. Pseudo contrived drama. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Then we get the beach scene. <laughs> so, you know, more boobs and butts. Yep. Good pacing. Uh, and then. Kayumi interrogating uh, the little girl from the last episode. Yeah. No reason for this. That ends with a spanking. Yeah. Yep. Um, and you know what was one of the most effective so torture scenes in movie history? When Vader goes to torture uh, Leia, we see the torture bot uh-huh. and then the door closes. Yep. That was so much more effective than anything yep. this anime had to offer. Yep. Yeah, Took the mystery what, out of it. 
what happened to all the other captives of the Tamtiv Four? Do you think they were just in the jail cells, like right next to it, and they all just ran past, jumped down the garbage chute, and blew up the Death Star with them still on there? Okay, <laughs> we should go back to the enemy. <laughs> yeah, it's been on my mind for a while. <laughs> hey, they'll make a movie to fix that plot hole. Right, I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'd be fine. Yeah. Uh, okay, so again, father daughter murder beating. Beach, beach. <laughs> interrogation. Um, oh, and I just want to say, so, so Kurumi, after she does the, the torture, then gets to the beach and goes to sleep in Asuka's bed. And I was watching this. I'm like, I don't know a single woman in the world who goes to bed in a matching bra and panties, especially their bra on. <laughs> like, like I turned him off. Like it, it, that's that's not something women do, right? She's like, no, that's intensely uncomfortable. That would never happen. But hey, I thought the exact cool. same thing. Like, was, those are the weirdest PJs ever. <laughs> okay. And also, yeah. where are your sheets? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> there is a major conference that's going to happen. But basically, this, the people from the spirit realm are coming to visit. I absolutely love that they're like, we're having this major conference. We are have gotten word that terrorists are going to attack it. Let's in no way change anything about our plans to do this conference because <laughs> of that information. <laughs> Should we delay? Should we move to the second location? Should nah. we send defensive reinforcements? No, no it'll probably be fine. It'll probably yeah. be fine. <laughs> And the, and usually in stories like this, there's the character who's like, hey, this is a bad idea. We should do something. And then like some blowhard. No, we are fine. We have three magic girls. But no, everyone is okay with this. Everyone's like, terrorists are coming? Yeah, okay. We got this. No, well, yeah. What, <laughs> would they not? Of course they're coming. <laughs> okay. Uh, Jisaka, who is the girl that, that was from earlier, um, she's now a magical girl working for queen who they call the brigade commander but it is yeah, queen the same. yeah i'm pretty sure it's the same person yeah. okay um yeah so now she's a magical girl uh mia and tamra join up with m squad so they're going to be at the conference too the other girls at the beach learn cpr there's a whole thing about that which 100 percent thought like oh this is going to come into play someone's going to die and need cpr and no uh, no, it was just there to get some awkward guffaws as the girls imagined kissing. I know. But, but but they were they're like you're taking this so intensely and important, and I'm trying to learn. I was like, oh, this this is gonna play come back. This is well, no, that's not the message that came across at all. Those other girls were like, oh, you're take you're like going way too far with this. It's like, hold yeah. on, why would you not take CPR seriously? <laughs> like. In what world were you trading to save someone's life? You don't take it seriously. I, just didn't, I didn't get that the line did not make sense. I didn't get the impression. Like, was this when Asuka was doing it, or when? Yeah, Asuka when, was doing yeah. it, and then there were just two random girls we'd never seen before. We're like, yeah. oh, you're like taking this way too far. You're taking this too seriously, or something like that. And I'm just like, don't forget, Nozomi, Nozomi and Sayoko don't even know what CPR is. At 17 years old, they're like, what, <laughs> what, what is a CPR? Is that something you watch movies on? <laughs> Apparently it's making out. Okay. 
Um, so yeah, I don't even know why I mentioned that because it's not important. Uh, it oh, just shows the horrible pacing. Uh, Geese brings the so the, the tragic backstory of of Gisato, uh Nakasaka is Gisato, is that she was like this karate student, and then these random drunk teens drove into her mom and and her leg, and that that's and. So Geese brings the drivers, those teens who barely got punished at all, and is like, hey, kill them, but you have to make it last. You can't kill them right away. You have to take 10 minutes or something to kill them all. Um, and she does. Her person. And, yeah. And and so that's that's her passing her test to join the, the team. These were the four human beings that were in the transaction at the random portal. Oh, my gosh, they were. Mm-hmm. So who who were the are, are you hundred percent sure? Because it seemed like hundred percent spirit. Sorry, is Queen? They must be working with the DSOS one hundred percent. Like she's on their team. That's what it seems like to me. Um, yeah, they, it's so weird. Yeah, especially since the the DSOS are sometimes just things you throw out and they become a giant monster, and sometimes they're smart things that ca- kidnap your parents and send them back in pieces. Yeah, exactly. And and sometimes there's Cenobites that can use magic. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um Asuka and, and Kurumi have to go to the conference too. They're called off their vacation because General Tabata is coming and we meet General Tabata who is stupid. Basically this this powerful spirit woman who gave Not that powerful. No, sucks. She's horrible. And and then I really this... expected something better from her. And you get the stupid chibi scene of, you know, pushing Asuka into her chest. And it's like, mm-hmm. this is so out of place. Mm-hmm. And you, you just had a man beating his daughter to death. And now we're yep. back to boobs. <laughs> yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. Uh, Geese and, and Chisato <laughs> and uh, some de- special forces, Gsos, <laughs> are scouting the yeah. conference. Um, High level stuffed animals. The conference begins. Uh, Tabata brings them new outfits, which are really just super skimpy uh, swimsuits. And that then... was funny because that was a reference to Kill a Kill. Yeah, it was funny. <laughs> I li- that was the one thing in the show that I really liked. And a new powerful item that she's like, you can't use it now, but you'll know the time. Um, do we ever find out what this item is? I, did nope. I just miss it? No. Nope. Okay. okay. It's something that magnifies a magical girl's power. That's all I know. Yeah. And then the basically the DSOS attack starts to they attack both the base, they attack the town. They decide, okay, let's get General Tabata back home. But they somehow managed to destroy the gate at the same time. How? They said there was a bomb on it, but how did they get the bomb to the gate? Especially it would have to be on the other side. Which that just is very Deus Ex Machina because we never see the other side, like it never matters. Right. Um, so the, everyone realizes, okay, they're not here. They thought they were. This was going to happen because of the bridge. So again, they thought this was going to happen, <laughs> but they realized they're here for the general. Um, uh, okay, there's a bunch of fighting. We basically. What was weird is the army guys kept going like, this is going really well. But at the same time, Geese and, and Chisato are like, this is going really well. I'm like, okay, one of you has to be losing. This is weird. Yep. 
Uh, Mia go volunteers to go to the town and defend there. So she goes off on her own. Um, Tamara defends the base on the outside with the soldiers. And then the other two just go wait with the general down below. Stupidest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. yeah the, basically, the basically oh. like you have to let the enemy annihilate all of the defenders so that they can come in and finally face you. Like, why wouldn't you put your good cannons out there in the front? Or have all four of them attack him at the same time. Does Tamara teleport yeah. at one point in this plot line? Doesn't she just like appear downtown all of a sudden? Yeah, she she does. I assumed she ran, but that is a great distance. I thought it was just like there's like a, a blue like whoop, and then she was there. And I was like, did she just? Can they teleport? But maybe she just jumped in. That could be. Um, some stuff happens. We see soldiers who are like, oh, magic girls, <laughs> they're creepy, and then like they oh, fight God. some monster. And like, oh, do you think they're creepy now, dude? Yeah, learn, so learn your learn about the patriarchy. <laughs> so, so, like this rookie soldier gets to have an arc. <laughs> he gets to have an arc Which, about how. Oh my god! Because they haven't told their theme well enough in the story, they need uh, to literally have. A, and Jason called this out: a rookie soldier yeah. go. I guess it's just not okay to have child soldiers. Yeah. Th- thanks, anime. We. Got yeah. that. Right. You did not need yeah. to have a character yell it out loud. Yeah, we also, got that the first time you had a child torture a child. Yeah, also you had child <laughs> torture, so you kind of are need to listen to yourself a little bit. Yep. So we agree. Um, uh, a tank shows up that has magical bullets, and it does only, really only well two. for like two shots, and then it goes down. How? Like, why? 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 Uh, never mind. No, 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 it's not. It's, it's great because because a character it. even called, one of the soldiers like, "Why don't we have like fifty of those?" And they're like, <laughs> "Well, because we the bad guys wouldn't it. be able to the bad guys wouldn't be able to get inside if we had more than two. So. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. Right. Uh, Nozomi hurts her because Nozomi and Sayoko are in town, of course, and so Nozomi uh, hurts her ankle, and, and Sayoko helps her, and they actually end up running into Mia later. So that worked out for them. Oh, Sayoko uh, found her courage that she wasn't going to run away anymore. Yep. Oh, God. Yep. Even though so she's ever. still completely useless. So that character arc we I haven't touched ever. since the High Dive episode yes. has come to completion now. <laughs> and we never cared about it then. Full circle. Mia gets yep. shot, and they act like that's an important thing, and it's not. Nope. Um, the main gate eventually falls... Asuka gets really sad because she's like, people are dying. And then Kurumi, the psychopath, is like, cheer up. And she's like, all right, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> You've convinced me. <laughs> uh, Geese and Chisato make it inside inside the vault but with the gate. And um, Chisato takes on Kurumi and they have a big fight. Uh, and Sato's like, I know you think a whip is my power, but actually it's karate. <laughs> and she beats the crap out of Karumi. And at one point, Karumi snaps, and I'm like, oh hell, it's about to go off. No, she's still losing. <laughs> yes. But then that she. That was weird. Yeah. Because, because it was like, oh, okay, she's about to let the crazy out. And then it just went back to normal fighting. <laughs> And Kurumi ends up winning. She does a reversal at the right moment and manages to get, you know, an injection in, which she, I, 
it's the one thing I like about Karumi is that like she has like this one move. If she gets you with, it's an automatic win for her, even if she's not a great fighter. Her little needle, and it's not just like it's whatever she wants it to be. It could be truth serum, memory eraser. Yeah. It's always the same color. It's always green. Yep. Yeah, this this is one of those things where like the anime seems to have subverted my expectations, but I don't know if I'm happy because I mean it is the trope that the character will always be like, oh, now you pissed me off. You know, open my eyes wide. I'm coming at you. And to have her fail immediately after that is definitely a subversion of that trope, but it just kind of caught me off guard in a, in a rather flat, sad way. Right. <laughs> like you're even worse now. Like you are such a bully torturer. <laughs> you're so horrible. You can't do anything on your own power. Uh, meanwhile, Asuka faces off against geese after Sachu has a really cool moment where he frees her with a grenade he has. And then he starts dual wielding like blocks and these two spirits that had cat spirits that I made fun of him earlier were like, oh, look at that spirit. He's nothing. He, and Sasha comes in just like blasting heads off. And they're like, he's so cool. And I'm like, what anime is that from? So <laughs> it was funny, but it didn't fit anything else that was going no. on. No. Uh, she gets her butt kicked by him until... She realizes she needs to find his weak point, and then Sachu finds the weak point, and so she uses her sword, beat any defense attack. After losing an arm, she loses an arm. But again, I saw her stand up without an arm, and I'm like, hey, I bet you that's on in the next 20 minutes. <laughs> there you go. Ta-da. That no Safe longer, bet. That no longer is a consequence in this anime. Thank you for establishing that. Um, <laughs> But so she she does manage to break his magical juice inside of his armor. <laughs> That's what it is. It's like I know, but just <laughs> you saying it, like it didn't hit me when I was watching it. But you just like explaining it in his magical juice. I just I couldn't help myself. <laughs> um, but then he calls out like you ha- you have one hand and you just l- buried your sword into me. So yeah, you broke my armor. But what are you gonna do now? And then Izuka runs in with a rifle, and he's like, hey, remember that magic axe from earlier? I saved it. Foreshadowing. Like, like the power of Thor. and, and Yes. God of War. Hits him, there you go. Hits him so hard, he literally, the child and, and spine pop out of, of, the, of the armor. Okay. And then as he's dying, he just Chisato's like, I'm sorry I lost. He's like, I'm sorry, we're the ones who killed your mom, dude. Like, (laughs) anyone want to hear my sad story before I die? I was a child soldier. (laughs) Just so everyone knows, I was a child soldier. I was really, had a really sad life. Um, Oh, and by the way, die. Yeah, they were all innocent. Yeah. And, and then Jeremy's favorite line that, uh, Kurumi says about Chisato as she lays on the ground. I can't remember it now. (laughs) She's she's so sad she's going insane. Yes, yes. She's so sad her mind broke her. She's so sad she went insane or something like that. Yeah, it's it's bad. And then they tie her up on this stone that bends her over for sexual gratification. Right! And wheel her off to be tortured. Uh, uh, Tabitha... I actually, um, yeah, I took a screenshot of this and sent it into the chat as like, this is the essence of this anime boiled down to one shot. It's just Chisato strapped over this big brick. 
And and it's, let's remember, she's a child. Yeah, exactly. Like this, and she's still in her. Why is she still in her magical girl form? Like, why hasn't she reverted back to her regular clothes? Like they they do that when they exit combat, right? So why um, did she her stay regular? In? Well, her regular clothes aren't sexy. So oh, oh my god, that makes sense. Right. That's okay. it. Okay. Magic girls reunite. They have a group hug. They're saluted as heroes. Tabita becomes a fairy because she got really badly injured. So now she has to take a fairy form. So she's super cute and everyone loves her. And the evil queen receives the magic item that this was all actually about. But it was the item that Tabita had brought. And, then, and it will never come about again. Well, not no. until season two. Uh, and then uh, never again. <laughs> And then everyone says goodbye. But uh, not really. So then, but there's still one more episode. Right. Yeah. Things that happen in this episode. I'm going to say them all, and then we can just talk about Okay. Them. I won't interrupt. Asuka sh- struggles to write her report. Mia gets info on the dead scientist. So sure, she gets more info on her investigation. Kayumi tortures Chisako. Chisato, sorry. Tamara unites with her sister, who is actually just a stuffed bear in a mental asylum. Um, we meet Pepe, the other magical girl, and she's an assassin now. A mercenary. Whatever. And her boobs are growing bigger by the day. Yep, she's good. Yep, she's, she's the one. Boobs now. Um, she looks almost identical to the tourist from earlier. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, a week goes by. Uh, Nozomi makes everyone visit that maid cafe that's actually the base of M-Squad. And now Chisato and Nozane work there. <laughs> okay. And then the JSDF join forces with M-Squad. <laughs> um, there's a sex scene. And oh, then the, the bad guys are ready to start a war. And um, Asuka remembers all the magical girls that died. That is everything that happens in this episode. Any thoughts on this final episode? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so overall, I give this anime. No, um, <laughs> I, I have one thing I want to say. As bad as the torture scene is, it's it made it's made even worse because Karumi actually gives like an inspirational speech to Shisato, as if she's a good guy. As if she's a good guy, but she starts it off. And please, part of my language, but if you watch this anime and you've come this far, it's probably too late. Anyway, she mm-hmm. says. I'm not going to let you die, you stupid bitch. And then goes into this speech about how she's going to save her and like how to live your life. And I'm like, that's so weird. That's so that's messed up. That, that that fits with the, like the themes and, and, and feelings of this anime just don't connect together. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it, not only it actually, is, go on. Uh, not only is this something like a diatribe by a villain, but if you are a hero heroine, you don't get to take the moral high ground and tell people how to live their life when you just got the not just torturing one person, but two people and having your torture victim on a leash. Yep. In bondage attire. Uh, while giving this speech of, oh, you can be a better person. She can be, you can be a better person. And not only that, her, her other torture victim in bondage attire on a dog leash on all fours. 
also encourages Chisato that this is good and this she'll so improve weird. from this and that, and that she's never felt, you know, when she was working for the villains and when she was working for the bad guys, she was so stressed and now she's so relaxed now that she's been tortured by Kurumi. I'm like, what are you trying to say, anime? This, this this whole sequence made me sick. I I, I was I, felt I sick bought after. it. I bought it yeah. in um, the spice anime where that younger yeah. girl was you know converted to a yeah. good guy and worked in the cafe above. I mm-hmm. bought that. Yep. This was just so wrong. Yep. <laughs> the best word I can go with this is because it, it's it's not a character like finding the the seeing their moral values and the no talk jutsu of Naruto and like coming around to your way of thinking. This is literally you broke their mind and enslaved them to your side, mm-hmm. and that's really messed up and not good for morals. I, I think we should finish. <laughs> I think we should. Yeah. All right, let's let's go to our final reviews. J- Jason, yeah, uh, I give it a two. It's a fairly low two. Um, the only reason I don't give it a one is there's so much potential for some really cool stories that I really would have rather watched than this anime. And it also brings up some really interesting ideas as far as this power dynamic with a well-loved anime trope. It's just, this just didn't, didn't do it. Um, between the weird tones and just the really bad storytelling and the animation was just wonky. Uh, yeah, it's a low two for me. Yeah, it's a, it's a one for me. Um, I think this might be my second one. Not sure, but, uh, yeah, this, this was horrible. This was hard to watch. Um, at the, at the beginning, I was carried along on the massive flotillas for a little while, but when, (laughs) when, when they took a turn toward the torture, and and then proceeded to just have this conflict of tones happening over and over again. And the storyline was just convoluted and confusing. And the art was constantly killing me. Just it was it was just it's a mess. This anime is a mess. Love the concept. I love the idea. Execution abysmal. 13-year-old Troy probably would have loved this anime, but old man Troy is giving it a one. <laughs> uh, and, and I think I've I've bashed on it enough, so I I, I won't add anything else. I, I'm sure there are people who like this. I, I looked up like on Twitter people's reactions. People were really like, this is my jam. And I think a lot of people are attracted to the concept, and that might be enough to carry you through. And I, and I get that. And you know, there's you could enjoy the mix mix mash of of elements, but not me. I, I this is probably one of the first anime I regret watching for this podcast. Well, there's one other out there, but yeah, yeah. Kiss Diver. <laughs> I enjoyed Kiss Diver enough. <laughs> it was unique, at least. Yes, yeah, I'll give it that. Okay. Okay. Turns can be unique. <laughs> our next anime is going to be skull face bookseller honda-san which is a comedy series it is short episodes like 11 minute episodes um that, that that's just the way anime sometimes does their comedies and so we're kind of we're going to experiment and see how that fits and how it affects the flow of the podcast but i think um this has come highly recommended i know mother's basement did a video on it once um 
So we're going to check it out and see. I'm wondering if we'll get the manga references. I'm a little worried we won't, but mm. let's find out. Let's find out. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. And I'm, I am excited to see the comedy of, you know, what, what do you do when customers want to buy erotic manga? <laughs> you have to help. <laughs> okay. So that's what we are watching next. If you have thoughts on this, if you want to tell us why you like Magical Girls, Spec Ops, Asuka, we would love to hear it. If you want to tell us why you agree with us, that too. You can reach us on our Twitter at Baka Podcast, our email, the Anime Baka Club at gmail.com, or leave a comment wherever you found this podcast and it'll get back to us. Feel free to disagree with us. That is 100% fine. But uh, I would love to hear people's thoughts on this anime for sure. All right. And with that, I think we are ready to say goodbye. We will see you for the mini-sode next week, everybody. Thank you. Thanks for listening. She's so sad she went insane. Sayonara.